Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. All right, buckle up. This is an unbelievable day. I mean, what we've got lined up for you is spectacular and amazing and, frankly, mind-numbing. We're going to get through it all. We have very specific stuff we've got to get to. I got to start in Iowa. Town Hall. You know, it is amazing. You know, we the people, this is why in 334 days I have hope. I have optimism. I I don't have hope in the process. I mean, look, I know Monday. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get a lot of good stuff about corruption. We've already had four Horowitz reports, you know, four. We've had Comey, Strzok, Page, McCabe. They've all been referred for criminal, you know, investigations already. I know nothing's happened. The only difference between what happens Monday and what gets corroborated on Monday, and maybe he'll say it the way I want it to be said. Maybe he'll water it down a little bit, but the facts are not in dispute, so it doesn't matter. The only difference now is that John Durham is in the game, and it's an official criminal investigation. And there's no way any prosecutor that has any any intellectual honesty, reason, common sense, and applies the law equally that you can come to any other conclusion than premeditated fraud committed on a FISA court. I'll get into those details. But in Iowa today, I can't even, even I am shocked at quid and pro and quo Joe. Now, there's a lot of things that I'm about to play here that reveal a ton. This exchange reveals a lot about Joe Biden and who he really is. But it's really not Joe. I want I want to I want to sort of have you look over the horizon and realize it's not just Joe with this one voter who, by the way, didn't sound like a Trump voter either. Maybe he now will be. But the thing that really stands out here is the smelly Walmart Trump supporters, those comments. 
the yeah irredeemable deplorables comments the you know oh bitter people in pennsylvania that cling to god and guns and their bibles and their religion wow that's obama and he said that there is a the, all of the mob in the media there's a condescension and elitism it is and, and by the way even within the never trumper ranks it, there is an elitism the nro mentality the jonah goldbergs of the world the stephen hayes of the world and david french's of the world you know they they just they're they're smarter than us they're they're more intellectual than us they are they are far there's a superiority complex that they have that's not rooted in reality and that is here's a voter with joe biden and the voter saying well i saw the tape and you're bragging and this is, and, he, and he didn't get it perfectly right which i understand because he doesn't live eat sleep breathe this stuff like i do or frankly should he in other words he has a life he, he's, he's busy in whatever he does every day, like every other American. We, the people that do most of the living and working and serving and building and dying. Can't they, Mr. Potter, you know, live and breathe and die in a decent home with a bath? Remember that moment? It's a wonderful life. But that's sort of the same thing. It's the people, the bricklayers. It's the contractors, it's the house painters, it's the plumbers and electricians. Yeah, how do we get on in life without those people? And the cops and the firemen and the first responders and the nurses and the doctors that save our lives. And even the lawyers that, you know, help us when we need that, whatever legal help, whatever it happens to be. That's, those are the people that make this country great. Those are the people showing up at Donald Trump's town halls. With 30,000 inside and another 30,000 outside. And meanwhile, no Democrat can get a crowd, period. Obama had a spark. You know, there was a lot of lofty rhetoric there. Yes, we can. And change, change, change. But at the end of the day, he failed miserably. I won't go over the record now. So we're now two months before voting starts at the Iowa Democratic caucuses. Three months before California's March 3rd primary. You got a new L.A. Times poll out there. California voters place Bernie Sanders in the lead out, you know, in California. Warren behind at 22 percent. Joe at 20. Latest L.A. Times survey. Buttigieg is only 12 points there. So at this event, you know, it's very interesting. In, in, in one event, he calls a voter fat and jack, challenges him to a football, uh, a football, a, a push up contest. Says he was vice president in 1976, tells voters in Iowa they were all in Ohio. But this exchange in particular with this one voter, this guy, he'd watch the tape. He says, you're not getting the billion. You're not going to get the billion. Unless you fire the prosecutor. I told him they're not getting the billion. You don't believe call him call Barack. Call Barack Obama. You're not getting the billion. And lo and behold, you know, we what do we what do we learn? We know that Joe knew that they were investigating his zero experience son who was paid millions and millions of dollars. Any of your sons and daughters get paid millions? Any we the people, any nurses, doctors, contractors, police, firemen, first responders, any of you guys get a million dollars for your kids with zero experience? And by the way, he's not a kid. Baron Trump is a kid. Leave the kids alone. They're in school. They leave their kids. Leave the 49-year-old dopey adult 
uh, he's held responsible. And Joe says, you got six hours. You're not getting the billion. Fire the prosecutor. He knows he's investigating his zero experience son who's being paid millions by that gas company. This guy saw it all. And he saw Dopey Hunter, the worst interview any 49-year-old adult, not kid, could ever give. You have any experience? Well, I worked for Amtrak. Well, okay. Do you have any experience in Ukraine, oil, gas, energy at all? No. I uh, no, 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 no. But I don't think anyone else did. Okay. And you're paid millions of dollars. I'm not going to tell you how much I'm being paid. That's outrageous. Okay. Why do you think they gave you the millions of dollars and not somebody else? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think it's because your last name is Biden? Yeah, actually, yeah, probably. You got. I think you're right. Yeah. Worst interview anyone's ever given. Now he's confronted. Now the mob and the media, and this is a very, this is a moment of clarity that came out of this. When, the, when Joe says, you don't hear this on MSDNC. No one has ever said, nobody, no one has ever said anything, you know, I, that I'm doing anything wrong at all. Nobody's ever said that. Well, I have. Linda's berated me on this program because I won't let it go. I can't. I can't let it go because you, there, there's nothing with Trump. And I'm going to get to Pelosi in a second. And this ridiculous call that she had. But listen to how Joe Biden, the working Joe, regular Joe, treats a regular Joe in Iowa at this town hall. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their foreign aid for, for them to come up, saying he's going to investigate you. We don't know about that. And he's, he's uh, no back when we can do that. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there. Get a job and work for a gas company. But, he had no experience with the past or nothing in order to get access to the public, to the president. So you're, you're selling access to the president just like he does. So you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has yeah, said that. I see no. it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I, I'm not sedentary. I don't, I get up and, and, and no, let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take the next Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong and I did not I have any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't once. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Yes, Get I your did. word straight, Jack. Yeah. Jack. But I hear on the MSNBC. You don't hear that on MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get in an argument with you, man. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, well, man. yeah, you do, but... Uh, oh, man. But look, fat, look, here's the deal. Fat? Here's oh! The deal. Yeah, it's, it looks like you don't have any more back. Any other questions? The only... And I, again, I... It, you said I set up my son. Okay, I don't know if he set up his son. Doesn't matter. 
He he knew his son was being investigated by the prosecutor. He's on tape bragging over and over again. You're not getting the billion dollars. You're not getting the billion. Unless you fire the prosecutor. You've got six hours. Six hours. He was speaking. I'll give you the exact words. You know, he's he's at this Council of Farm Relations. I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time in Kiev, and I was supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. I'd gotten a commitment from Poroshenko that they would take action against the state prosecutor. They didn't. Why did he want the state prosecutor fired? Why would any vice president of the United States of America ever want some Ukraine prosecutor fired? Because the New York Times and others told him his son, with zero experience, being paid millions, was being investigated by the prosecutor. That's why. And he goes on. He's bragging. They said they had, they were talking out to a press conference. I said, no, I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, well, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president, I said, call him. Ha, ha, ha. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here in, I think it's about six hours. I looked at them and I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a B, he got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. What else do you need? And Pelosi, it was such a disaster yesterday. She has to call a press conference early this morning to announce we're now moving forward with articles of impeachment. We we can't get embarrassed like this anymore. These are the most incredible times that we are living in. I keep saying the bifurcated, we'll call it bifurcated brain syndrome, where you have to suspend. You have to live in a world of utter putrid swamp hypocrisy. And you have to ignore all that with Joe and Hunter. And then even though aid was never discussed ever five meetings after the phone call, big ones, vice president Bolton, everybody, no, no, no time was ever. Zelensky said it again this weekend. We never felt any pressure. We never were told to do anything. We didn't do anything. And we got the money. The only one fact witness that would ever appear in the Senate is this ambassador Sondland. Yeah. Well, I asked the president, what did he want in exchange for the money? He said nothing. No quid pro quo. Everyone else is either a hearsay or an opinion witness. And these ivory tower jackasses yesterday that have a record of hating Donald Trump. Let's bring them in. Oh, now we're ready. Let's impeach him. Three professors, law professors, esteemed law professors, one that wanted to impeach Trump for saying fake news. You got to cut your brain in half compartmentalize at a level of of utter putrid repulsive dishonesty to be pulling to to ignore Biden and Hunter and say let's impeach Trump that's how bad this is now that's why in 334 days your vote matters what you do matters more than a movie is back with season 2 of the award winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Loaded up today, John Solomon, Matt Gates uh, checking in with us. I, I honestly, I'm looking at this. I still can't believe it, but it's here. Hey, look, fat. Here's the deal. That's what he said to the guy. You want to do push-ups? <laughs> You're a damn liar. He actually said it. Here's the problem now. The media's run their course. Oh, MSDNC will never. They've never aired that. Of course not. Because they're proving what I said. They are liberal state te television, like fake news, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, the New York Times, Washington Post. Anyway, here's the problem. The judge just ordered Hunter Biden to come clean on the Burisma payoffs. Yep. Oopsie daisy. Uh, yeah, now Senate Republicans say they're going to force Hunter to testify as part of any impeachment trial. But down in Arkansas, a state judge seems to be in the process of forcing Hunter to divulge the very same financial evidence that congressional Republicans want to get their hands on. And if, by the way, the information gets out, well, that might blow the lid on Burisma. And then we'll find out if he's really making millions from his China deal, too. Anyway, he's now going to have to tell an Arkansas judge exactly how much he made 
by sitting on the board of the Ukrainian oil company. Because originally the judge presiding over the case, this is the custody case or, you know, the Maury Povich, you know, you are the father DNA thing. Anyway, that he'd been asking for for three years. On Tuesday, sent out a blunt letter to the attorneys, including the one that Biden fired five minutes before hearing on Monday. And it's, yeah, come up with the financial details in 10 days. Whoops. So that's going to have to tell the judge in this paternity case exactly how many hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars that he's been making. Uh-oh, Joe. Quid and pro and quo, Joe. We have those shirts for sale at Hannity.com. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their foreign aid for them to come up, saying he's going to investigate. We don't know about that. 
But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company, but he had no experience with gas or nothing. In order to get access to the public and to the president. So you're, you're selling access to the president just like he does. So you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has ever said that. I see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't, I get up and, 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 no, let let, 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 let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape line, let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take another pizza. Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't once. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Yes. Get I, your words straight, Jack. That's what I hear on the on MSNBC. All you don't hear that on MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get an argument with you, man. No, no, I don't love you. Well, yeah, you do. But, uh, but look, fat. Look, here's look the deal. Fat. Here's the deal. Looks fat. Any other questions? Any other questions? Let me get. Uh, look fat. Here's the deal. You want to do push-ups? Do push-ups. I'll do push-ups with you. You're you're a damn liar. The only mistake you set up your son. You said you you said I set up my son. Okay, let's get the technicality out of the way. We have Joe Biden bragging on a video. You're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. He knew was investigating his zero experienced son, this 49 year old son that went on GMA with the dumbest interview. Uh, you have any experience in oil? No gas. No Ukraine. No. Why do you think you got the, the all these millions of dollars? I don't know. Is it because of your last name? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I th- think you got it. Yeah. That's the guy. He's a quid pro quo The very thing they're acting that Trump didn't do. He gets called out. But it's so revealing, isn't it? Because the mob, you're not going to hear these. Get your words straight, man. Man, keep saying, man. You're not going to hear this on MSDNC. Of course not. They're state-run TV. You know, I'm not going to argue with you, man. No, you're a damn liar. No one has ever said it. I did. I've been saying it. And saying it again and again. So he calls a voter Fat Jack. Said he was vice president in 1976. And in one event, told voters in Iowa they were in Ohio. We're going to be on this all day today. But I have to get to Nancy Pelosi. But first, we're checking in with Louis Gohmert, who did a fabulous job yesterday. Congressman from the great state of Texas. And apparently has some big breaking news for us. You did a great job yesterday, Louis. We're proud of you. Well, thank you, Sean. You you have been on the cutting edge of everything from the very beginning. And as a matter of fact, the very exact thing you were just talking about that you've talked about and you've been relentless. Thank God. Thank God for you. Uh, By the way, Linda, are you listening? Louis says I'm right to keep telling everybody the quid and the pro and the quo with Joe. Thank you. Keep going. Okay, Louis. then. 
<laughs> Linda, he's been awesome. Thank uh, you. How much did you pay him to do this? To me, I, I, I was really down today. You know, that Pelosi has set the bar so low for impeachment. You don't have to have done anything. You can divide this country and all. And what hit me today is... Actually, the Democrats, they, you know, and you, we talked about it, you've been preaching it. They, the Democrats project, they commit some crime, they do some, something wrong, and then they say, oh, these Republicans, this person did, this Republican did it. And that's exactly what's happened. And just what you were talking about with Biden, he did abuse his office. He did threaten to withhold a billion dollars and he's leaving in six hours if uh, they don't fire this prosecutor that we know was coming after his son. So it happens. So what they have done is unwittingly given Republicans an insurance policy. I think they've also assured the White House for for Donald Trump, uh, since they're going to go ahead with this vote because they have the vote, then Pelosi will get the votes. She always does when she demands them. And it will go to the Senate. They won't get two-thirds, and they will have uh, helped reelect Donald Trump. But not only that, as uh, our friend Peter Strzok liked to talk about, is insurance policy. So what if they were able to have enough people vote illegally or switch votes uh, because the big cities are, are mainly controlled by Democrats, and they'll do the counting. Suppose they they changed enough votes that they helped, and we're told Biden's the only one modern enough to actually win. He wins the presidency. I know where you're going All with this. All we have to do is Impeach take him. every document that they have prepared uh, wrongfully alleging this against Trump and use those to actually and legitimately impeach Joe Biden. They have laid out the entire case wrongfully against Trump and just replaced that with Joe Biden. A hundred percent. He's out. And and by the way, the court in Arkansas, in case you haven't seen it, has just ruled that Hunter has to come clean on how much Burisma was paying him. And that's in 10 days, Louis. Now, now I guess maybe seven. Uh, I got a roll, but you were phenomenal yesterday. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. You're always phenomenal. Thank you so much, Sean. And thank you for defending me because I've been saying it. Linda's like, you got to stop saying quid pro quo Joe. We actually have T-shirts on Hannity.com. They're great Christmas gifts. All right. Let me now move on because this is important. So Pelosi, it was such an unmitigated disaster yesterday. I mean, it was a disaster. You've got three of the most liberal ivory tower law professors. I mean, it was it was like at a central casting these people, you know, that it's, you know, they can't get over the Trump one, which is funny. You know, liberals tend to cluster more conservatives, especially very conservative people tend to spread out more because they don't want to even be around themselves. Yeah. Professor Carlin said that. Yeah, that's kind of insulting to we the people, don't you think? And then he goes on, you know, this whatever she's talking about, who knows here? And Gates will join us later on. Uh, I guess we don't want to be around each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe not in the Stanford uh, University halls of the ivory, you know, tower of these professors. Uh, Yeah. And then he went out hard against her for attacking Baron Trump. And then it also goes on. There, There are some facts you can't escape in this. It was such a disaster. Nancy Pelosi had to come out today. We have no choice but to impeach the president. No choice. Because they can't do anything. There's no witness to bring. There's no fact witness. They've only had one. 
This, this, and the only people we all ought to really be bringing in is Adam Schiff. Because, by the way, Ambassador Taylor couldn't identify a single impeachable offense. Matt Gates, can any of you identify any impeachable crime here or a crime? Nope. Let the record show nobody raises their hand. Mr. Kent never met with the president. Fiona Hill never heard the president reference anything. Nothing. No, zero. Mr. Hale was unaware of any nefarious activity with Colonel Vindman, you know, rejecting a Democratic talking point that bribery was invoked here. Uh, Sean, that's Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel. Sorry, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. <laughs> the only direct evidence came from one guy. We have everybody else was either an opinion or a hearsay witness. OK, Gordon Sunland, Ambassador Sunland. He's the one guy that actually would be relevant and be called under the federal rules of evidence in a Senate trial. And guess what happened there? He was, I open-ended questioned the president. Do you want something for the release of the money from Ukraine? I want nothing. No quid, no pro or quo. Just that's exculpatory. And, you know, and by the way, now, now we might have wiretapping issues with Adam Schiff too. That's going to be interesting to find out here. Then we have Jim Jordan who was a rock star yesterday, too. And he lays out his case better than anybody. You know, and he, and he points out we got 44 Democrats, four people who voted for Clinton, and they can't even agree. And that the Constitution, you got Democrat professor, the only one that made any sense that any good yesterday in describing the danger of what these Democrats are doing was Jonathan Turley. Now, you got to understand, there's no subpoena power for Republicans like Newt gave Clinton and his attorney. They gave their attorney and Clinton the right to pick the date when they would be prepared to come before the committee. Can you imagine that? They didn't do that. There was no time to prepare for these professors. All they were is opinion people that hate Trump with a record of hating Trump. Adam Schiff, you know, he handpicks audition depositions and then he prevents witnesses from answering Republican questions behind closed doors and coaching them. Not one every. And I got it. Every Democrat's question get answered, not a Republican. Schiff says, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. No, I wouldn't answer that. Then Democrats promised the whistleblower. Remember the whistleblower, non-whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower, who doesn't meet the standard, federal standard of being a whistleblower. And then he's going to testify. Why? Because the whole world finds out that Adam Schiff, he's talking to the, his office is talking to the whistleblower, non-whistleblower. Whistleblower had no firsthand knowledge. The whistleblower is a hearsay whistleblower. Then we find out that the BFF of the whistleblower started working the day after the call for Schiff. That's how sick this has been. That's how unfair it's been. But even still, as Jordan says, the facts never change. The key facts, four facts never change in this case and never will change. We have the transcript. By the way, I'll add one. They never mentioned aid once. There was never any quid pro quo ever. You know, when the president says, I need you to do a, a favor, do us a favor, because he's talking about election interference. Oh, well, you mean Hannity. Well, you're, you're saying Ukraine interfered, but not Russia. No, Russia is a hostile actor. They did interfere in our elections. Devin Nunes warned they would interfere in our elections in 2014. And Obama Biden didn't do a thing. He's a hostile actor. They're a hostile regime. Yep, they interfered. Absolutely. Like they did in every other election. But that doesn't. But according to 
well, a Ukrainian court. Well, they determined Ukraine interfered. Politico determined they interfered. And here's the best part. There wasn't a quid pro quo. They never discussed aid. Both guys on the call, Trump and Zelensky, no pressure at all. Zelensky again this weekend. What are you guys doing over there? I keep telling you there was never a quid pro quo, no pressure ever by anybody. The Ukrainians didn't even know aid was held up at the time of the call. And then I forgot this fact, and Jordan reminded us yesterday, Ukraine never started, never promised to start, never announced an investigation. I did remember that part. In other words, when he asked Sondland, well, when did they make the announcement? What announcement? That they were going to do what Trump wanted. They never did announce it. That's the point. They got the money anyway. What had, We know that 55 days. There were five key meetings after the call. Well, five key meetings between Zelensky and senior officials. Five meetings. You know, after the call on July 25th, the very next day, the first one, Ambassador Volker, Taylor, and Sondland meet with Zelensky. And you had Ambassador Bolton. And you had the vice president literally meeting with the president Zelensky. I guess Pence met him on September the 1st. Two senators meeting with Zelensky. Democratic Senator Murphy with Republicans, Senator Johnson, Lindsey Graham, September the 5th. And he was, I'm sorry, President Zelensky, not Lindsey Graham. And none of these meetings, not one after the call, not one meeting, not one of the meetings was ever discussed in the exchange for an announcement of an investigation of anybody or else you don't get the money. In other words, everything is exculpatory. You know, and the thing is here. The facts are on the president's side. The facts are not on Joe Biden's side. That's the that is the key point in all of this. Now, yeah, I believe the Russians interfered, but a Ukrainian court determined that the Ukrainians interfered. And September, I'm sorry, uh, January 11, 2017. Headline Politico. Ken Vogel, by the way, he happens to be in David Stern. Ken Vogel now works for the fake news New York Times. Kiev headline, Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. Headline, Kiev officials scrambling to make amends with the president-elect Trump after quietly working to boost Clinton. Donald Trump wasn't the only presidential candidate whose campaign was boosted by officials of a former Soviet bloc country. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton undermine Trump, publicly questioning his fitness for office, also disseminating documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggesting they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. They helped Clinton's allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors. It continues, a Ukrainian-American operative, Alexander Chalupa, consulting for the DNC, paid by the DNC, met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump, top campaign aide Paul Manafort, and Russia. According to people with direct knowledge, the Ukrainian efforts had an impact in the race, helping to force Trump uh, helping to force Manafort's resignation, advancing the narrative that Trump's campaign was deeply connected to Ukraine's vote to the East Russia, but they were far less concerted or centrally directed than Russia's alleged hacking into the dissemination. They're not mutually exclusive. And I'll tell you one other thing. You know, we're told that the Chinese and maybe six other people hacked into, I'm getting it, hacked into Hillary's server. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time, 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television Today, here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture, and a little bit of Rappaport's reality the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, glad you're with us. Hour 2, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We have, uh, he was a rock star yesterday, Congressman Matt Gates, uh, coming up uh, from the great state of Florida. Wow, he, he took it to him yesterday. Uh, we do have some updates. I mentioned earlier that this court in Arkansas, now a judge, state judge, has ruled in this, I guess, custody case. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it's not custody. Paternity case. Apparently, he bothered some kid. Anyway, I'm not getting into his private life, but the judge said that um, he has to reveal how much he's been paid the last five years. That means that, yeah, that's going to reveal how much Barisma paid zero experience Hunter, which he said in the interview with GMA. Oh, I, that's my own personal information. I got no, not a penny from China. Yeah, and then his lawyer had to clean up that mess by saying, well, he hasn't cashed in his, his equity yet. Oh, so you got equity, millions of dollars in equity. Oh, great. 
but you didn't get paid a penny. No, you got paid millions. Great. Uh, let's see how much that equity ends up being with the Bank of China with no experience in that case. Anyway, so he has to tell the judge exactly how many hundreds of thousands of dollars he made by sitting on the board with zero experience with uh, the Burisma. Now, Biden, and, and this is separate and apart from this meltdown today over this guy asking the question. Poor guy. Man, they went after him. This guy tries to pick a fight with this guy after. Anyway, we'll get to that later. But anyway, Biden was asked while campaigning if he'd testify. Well, because White House is now saying that if there's a Senate impeachment trial, they may like to call you as a witness. Is that something where you would appear voluntarily? No, I'm not going to let them take their eye off the ball. The president's the one who's committed the impeachable crimes. No, the president's the one that has a bunch of ivory tower law professors with no firsthand knowledge, with actually no knowledge, except the transcript where no aid was ever discussed, followed up by the five meetings, high level meetings with President Zelensky, where no aid was ever discussed, where the money was given with doing nothing. They didn't do any of the things. The president said, I need you to do us a favor. You know, we've been, you know, we hear your country's evolved in election interference. Now, the liberal media says, see, it's a conspiracy theory. He doesn't believe Russia did it. No, everyone believes Russia did it. I believe Russia did it. They're a hostile regime, a hostile actor by the name of Putin. And Devin Nunes told us they would do it in 2014. Biden, Obama did nothing. But then again, we have the Ukrainian court decision. They admit that they did it. And then, of course, Politico. Keep warning everybody, just go back and read it because it's all there. You can read it for yourself. The headline, Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. Yep. And that they go into great detail. January 11, 2017. Now, uh, one other update. And this was the Epic Times is now reporting. They've got an independent Ukrainian lawmaker saying today that he'd met President Trump's attorney. I guess he's talking about Rudy to discuss the alleged misuse of American taxpayer money by Ukrainian state bodies. Anyway, in a Facebook accompanying photos, anyway, he said that he and Rudy discussed creating an interparliamentary group to fight corruption. He also said he and a lawmaker from President Zelensky's party had invited several senior figures in Washington to help form the interparliamentary group of against corruption, including ranking member Devin Nunes, Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Lindsey Graham, uh, Mick Mulvaney, and he said in a press conference in November, he unveiled the allegations against Burisma and the Bidens, including a claim that Hunter received $16.5 million from Burisma, which he said was stolen from Ukrainian citizens. Oh, guess Rudy the crime fighter's back. They're going to have to deal with that. Um, one of the real stars to emerge, and I, I, give, I gave last night on TV big props to the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy. Now, I've been very critical of Republicans for years on this program. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative, registered conservative. But they've been weak, feckless, spineless, visionless. And I can't be any more clear. The show votes on Obamacare, repeal, replace, all baloney. Same with the Senate. Seven senators vote for straight repeal 2015. Same bill. They back off when it matters in 2017. It really ticks me off. But anyway, is New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. You might remember this is her in her exchange with the 
well, compromised, corrupt, coward, and congenital liar who needs to go under oath himself, Adam Schiff. I do want to comment. Uh, and Mr. I'll Chairman, I have a point of order under HRES 660. The gentleman will state her point of order. Uh, the point of order is, will the chairman continue to prohibit witnesses from answering Republican questions as you've done in closed hearings and as you did this week when you interrupted proper, our questions? That is not a proper point of order. The gentleman will, will suspend. Mr. Mr. Speaker, chairman, I, I do. Mr. Chairman, I have a. Uh, yeah. The gentleman is not recognized. Mr. Chairman, I have a point of order. The gentleman is not recognized. I have a point of order, though. The gentleman is not recognized. I do want to respond. I allowed the I ranking member to. have a point of order. I, the gentleman is not recognized. Mr. Chairman, Allowed. there are four gentlemen, transcripts that have not been released. The gentleman is not recognized. Holy the ranking cow. member was Holy allowed cow. to exceed the opening statement, and I was happy to allow him to do so. Mr. Chairman, today, I have a point today, of order. Mr. Chairman, I have a point of order. The gentleman is not recognized. So we know today, clearly you're going to interrupt us throughout this hearing. The gentleman is not recognized. Boop, 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 Mr. Chairman, I have a desperate request. Today, no. Mr. Chairman, I have unanimous The gentleman is not, request, not recognized. <clears throat> Anyway, Congresswoman uh, Elise Stefanik of New York is with us. So Nancy Pelosi comes out today, announces, oh, we're, we OK, it was such a disaster yesterday. All you have is Trump hating ivory tower professors, law school professors. The one guy wanted to impeach Trump for saying the word fake news and tweeting it out. Uh, that's how. And of course, the woman that had attacked a 13 year old kid. It was such a disaster. Oh, we're going to. That's it. We're, we're done. We're going to do articles of impeachment. Are your Democratic colleagues going to go along with this? Well, Nancy Pelosi has crossed the Rubicon, and there is an obsession on impeachment that we've heard from Democrats since the day President Trump was elected. Um, and they have been looking for any opportunity without a single shred of evidence. And, you know, I think the clip you played, Sean, really speaks for itself how partisan and unfair this process has been. I have never seen an abuse of power as I have seen from Adam Schiff. And we saw it in their report that was just released when he's actually subpoenaing phone records of members of Congress and members of the press. Every American should be. By the way, everybody needs to understand this. That, that we're talking about Devin Nunes talking to Rudy Giuliani. I, I, from what I understand, three of the four calls were under a minute. And That's it was correct. like one seven minute call. That was it. That's correct. And this is uh, this is. Oh, by the way, I heard I, by the, I heard I was in it and I had a 36 second call with Rudy. 36 seconds. I don't remember well, the call. It's un-American, Sean, to utilize a position of power. It's an invasion of privacy. And for members of the press, there was a reporter that was subpoenaed in terms of their phone John records. Solomon. And we know who it is. They have John Solomon's done great work. But can you imagine, is it not my job, Congresswoman, to, to work sources and do digging? I'm a talk show host. We break news. We do investigative reporting. We offer opinion. We're like the whole newspaper. Uh, is that not my job? Am I not a member of the press, too? I'm a talk show host. I'm on TV and radio. Absolutely. That's part of your job to get the information to the American public, because they're certainly not getting it from certain news sources, as we know. So I appreciate your focus on the truth, your focus on the facts. And that's what I focused my questions during the impeachment hearings on. And what has been so stunning is the disastrous hearing that Jerry Nadler chaired this past week. We still have yet to hear a single shred of direct evidence. And I was particularly proud of the one Republican witness we were allowed to call. It was an attorney who voted against President Trump, but talked about how the, there is no impeachable offenses. And this is a very dangerous historic precedent that's being set for future Congresses. All we have, and, and this is so important that we, we highlight this, and 
because go through the list of witnesses. Congresswoman, you were in the room. You were there. We all watched it on TV. Every witness yesterday was a Trump hater, except for Jonathan Turley, who didn't vote for Trump, but said, uh, guys, this is there's no evidence here. And every other one is a Trump hater. Oh, let's impeach him because uh, I have a good reason, because he tweeted out fake news. That that is a real reason for impeachment. Then the woman attacking Baron Trump. But if you look at your list and you were there and you sat in the room and, you know, first of all, we have a compromised, corrupt uh, chairman and a guy that lied to us for three years. The cowardly hour, Adam Schiff, he needs to be put under oath. Absolutely. And I was the first member to question when Adam Schiff had access to the whistleblower and I was ridiculed by the mainstream media. But we know that was a very important question to ask because it's clear that there was coordination before the whistleblower even submitted the complaint to the IG, which is why I believe it's important when the Republican Senate, this gets pushed over to them, that they call Adam Schiff as a witness to testify under oath, in addition to other witnesses that we were unable to call, like Hunter Biden. Not one person raised their hand when Matt Gates said yesterday, if you identified any crimes, even the liberal professors in their ivory towers couldn't do it. But if you go back and it, to the shift show, you had Ambassador Taylor couldn't identify an impeachable offense. Not one. Uh, Kent met with the president. Uh, Fiona Hill never met. By the way, Mr. Kent never met with the president. Fiona Hill never heard the president reference anything regarding military aid. Uh, then you go to Lieutenant Colonel Vindman rejecting a Democrat talking point that bribery was invoked here. Volker, the ambassador, denying there was a quid pro quo. Morrison, uh, since, you know, there was nothing wrong on the call. The only direct evidence, only one witness, if we use the federal rules of evidence, admissions of evidence, that could be called. That would be Ambassador Sondland. And Ambassador, he did admit, I have conjecture. I thought two plus two. OK, what evidence did you talk to the president? Yes. What did you ask him? Well, is there anything in Ukraine you want them to do to get the money? I and want he nothing. Nothing. He said, I want nothing. I want nothing. And that was Ambassador Sondland's testimony. I asked most of those questions focused on do any of those witnesses have direct evidence? And the answer was no in every single case. And you know what's happened, Sean? Hollywood and the far left has attacked me because they don't want to hear the truth. And they have funneled millions of dollars to smear me and support my far left Democratic opponent. So I need the support from your listeners to fight back. They can donate at fightshift.com. I actually think that's hilarious. And by the way, unlike Joe 30330, it's actually a real, I mean, it's actually a real website. What is it? Fight Shift? Fight By the way, how do you spell that? I just fight shift. What? How do you spell shift? Fightshift.com. S-H what? S-C-H-I-F-F.com. Oh, okay. Uh, Congresswoman, you're a rock star. Thank you for what you did. Um, I'm glad that you took the strong stance you did. And it was very, it was a pivotal moment in this whole witch hunt process. Uh, thanks for being with us and I hope people will help you. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Oh, now we got, he actually says fat. Oh, and you want to do a push-up contest? Oh, no, no, he didn't call him fat. He claims Biden said facts, not fat. Well, we all heard it, and then he talks but about... Look fat, look, here's the deal. Look fat. But look fat, look, here's the deal. All right, how does it look facts? But look fat, look, here's the deal. Look fat. And then earlier he was talking about, I'll do a push-up contest with you. Come on, man, I'm not getting an argument with you, man. You know, you're a, you're a liar. You're a, you're a, you're a damn liar. Wow. He wants to be president. Boop, 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 boop. They're all nuts. We are living 
I mean, these are insane times. Insane. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So, by the way, Linda, you're getting a kick out of this. I guess, what's his name? Jonah Goldberg and Stephen Hayes and David French, all those NRO elitists, you know, that, that, that hated Trump. You know, this guy is governed as I, I went out on a limb and said he's going to govern conservatively. I've known this guy for 20 some odd years. Remember, I, I put it all on the line like I always do, right? Obama, we, we did the work of everybody else. Are you listening or are you just going to ignore me? Yes, boss, I'm listening. I'm letting you finish your thought. So, does, so I guess they're starting some other group. They left NRO, whatever. I'm. You know, I just look, it is roadkill failure for all of those guys. 
And I, I have nothing against them. And you know what? Some of them are smart. Some of them make great points. I don't care that they don't like Donald Trump. I don't care. They don't see his conservative style. I don't care that they look down on talk radio and me and Fox. I don't care. And I, I'm listening a little bit. Somebody sends me a clip of Jonah's on some guy's radio shows, Libertarian, who sounds smart and nice. And, you know, I have nothing against that guy either. By the way, they're trying to say I'm, I don't like Howard Stern. I actually love Howard Stern. I just think the old Howard would have supported Trump. I couldn't believe the Hillary thing yesterday. And um, but anyway, every single thing these guys have been involved in fails. The weekly standard was subsidized and it failed spectacularly. Bill Crystal and company. And I don't wish I, I, my success is not predicated on anybody else's success or failure. It's not. I, I want I, I kind of look, if we agree 80% of the time and you don't like Trump's style or my style or what, fine, don't then, okay, well, we agree on the other 80%. I have friends that don't like the president. I don't care. I still like Lanny Davis, and I hate Lanny Davis's political views. Um, what's, you know, we like our friend, what's his name from Chicago, the Booth School of Economics. which he Austin Goolsby. Austin Goolsby. He's supporting Buttigieg, by the way, which cracks me up. No, he's not. Yes, I swear. It's how it came Everyone, out Everyone, when they walk into the booth, makes their own personal mm. decision. I don't care what they say in public. No, that's probably true. Um, but I'm, I'm listening. There's such an elitism, even within Republican ranks. There's never been a president, judges, largest tax cut, ending burdensome regulation, finding money for the wall. Getting better trade deals. Uh, yeah, free and fairer and fairer trade deals. Uh, eliminating the caliphate in, in, in Syria because he took off the handcuffs and the rules of engagement. You know, what, there's 290 accomplishments Washington examiners found out. Doesn't matter what he does. We hate him. We're smarter. We're better. And how come they keep failing and beg me when their books come out to be on the show? More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. 
Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, glad you're with us. 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Before we get to quid and pro and quo, Joe's epic meltdown. Wow. We'll have fun with this all night tonight. Uh, Back to this crazy lunatic Stanford professor. Oh, Matt Gates is going to join us in a second. What a beatdown he gave her. Uh, but she uses let, let's go to the attack on a 13 year old kid. Obviously, there are no lines in this obsession of hating all things Trump. Then Matt Gates is beat down and then her semi apology. Well, yeah, but Donald Trump needs to pull. That's not an apology. My kids do that to me. That's like, say, you're. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Stop there. Not I'm sorry. I'm wrong. But you did it. You did it. You did. No, that's not an apology. Listen in. What comparisons, Professor Carlin, can we make between kings that the framers were afraid of and the president's conduct today? So kings could do no wrong because the king's word was law. And contrary to what uh, President Trump has said, Article 2 does not give him the power to do anything he wants. And I'll just give you one example that shows you the difference between him and a king, which is the Constitution says there can be no titles of nobility. So while the president can name his son baron, he can't make him a baron. When you talk about how liberals want to be around each other and cluster and conservatives don't want to be around each other and so they have to spread out, it makes people, you may not see this from, you know, like the ivory towers of your law school, but it makes actual people in this country when feel like, excuse me, me, you don't get to interrupt me on this time. Now, let me also suggest that when you invoke the president's son's name here, when you try to make a little joke out of referencing Baron Trump, that does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. It makes you look like you're attacking someone's family, the minor child of the president of the United States. And if I can just say one thing, um, I want to apologize for uh, what I said earlier about the president's son. It was wrong of me to do that. I wish the president would apologize, obviously, for the things that he's done that's wrong. But I do regret having said that. Anyway, glad you're with us. Wow. What a news day this is. And uh, oh, so that was it. Now we have the now we have the opinion left wing radical extremist ivory tower you know, elitist professors that have done nothing but hate Donald Trump. We bring them in and Nancy Pelosi. Now we're ready to go. One fact witness in the whole time, the whole time. That's it. Anyway, uh, we welcome back to the program. 
Uh, the man who crushed it yesterday, very proud of him yesterday, Representative Matt Gates. If he'd only listened to my career advice, he'd actually go somewhere. Uh, he's in Florida. First of all, great job yesterday. Um, that was a viral moment. That was a great moment for you, but more importantly, a great moment for the country. And I'm going to play in a second here. When you actually ask them, the, you guys, can you identify any law broken? Nothing. It's crickets. It was probably, I know you're young in your career, your best moment of your career. Well, thanks for saying so, Sean. And my hope is that our work yesterday showed this impeachment for what it is, a truly partisan exercise, not a legitimate uh, exercise in congressional oversight. And they really brought America into the faculty lounge yesterday. It wasn't an opportunity for us to develop facts, learn about what occurred in this particular circumstance. It was just an opportunity for people who hate the president, who live in the very insulated world of academia at Harvard and Stanford, to just come and say bad things about the president. And I think they did go over the line when it didn't just become about the president. It became about a cheap insult against a member of his family and mocking the name of a 13-year-old boy. It doesn't get any lower than that. And, and I think the country is now starting to see that this is more about the partisan ambitions of Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and House Democrats than it is any sort of improper conduct by the president. Listen, I will tell you, and, and that's what made it so clear. Let's go back and let's play this moment. And I thought Jonathan Turley very did a great job yesterday. And I know he doesn't, didn't vote for Trump. I know he supported Hillary. I know he supported Bill Clinton although he saw real crimes in that particular case. Uh, and but the, but I think this moment ended the whole discussion yesterday. Uh, but on the evidence presented so far, is it your view that there is no credible evidence that any crime was committed by President Trump? Yes, I've gone through all of the crimes mentioned. They do not meet any reasonable interpretation of those crimes. And I'm relying on express statements from the federal courts. I understand that the language and the statutes are often broad. That's not the controlling language. It's the language of the interpretation of federal courts. And I think that all of those decisions stand mightily in the way of these theories. And if you can't make out those crimes, then don't call it that crime. If it doesn't matter, then what's the point? Call it treason. Call it endangered species violations if none of this matters. Do you believe you're outside of the political mainstream on the question of impeachment? I believe that impeachment is warranted whenever the president abuses his power for personal benefit or to corrupt the democratic process. Did you write an article entitled, It's Hard to Take Impeachment Seriously Now? Yes, I did write that and article. And in that article, in, did you write, in did you write, hold on, I'm limited on time, sir. I wrote Did you write, article. since, in, since the like 2018 the question, midterm sir? election, House Democrats have made it painfully clear that discussing impeachment is primarily or even exclusively a tool to weaken President Trump's chances in 2020. Did you write those words? Until this call in July 25th, I was an impeachment skeptic. The Very call well. changed I, my mind, sir, and for Thank good you. Reason. I appreciate your testimony. To all of the witnesses, if you have personal knowledge of a single material fact in the Schiff report, please raise your hand. And let the record reflect 
no personal knowledge of a single fact. And you know what? That continues on the tradition that we saw from Adam Schiff, where Ambassador Taylor could not identify an impeachable offense. Mr. Kent never met with the president. Fiona Hill never heard the president reference anything regarding military aid. Mr. Hale was unaware of any nefarious activity with aid. Colonel Vindman even rejected the new Democrat talking point that bribery was invoked here. Ambassador Volker denied that there was a quid pro quo, and Mr. Morrison said there was nothing wrong on the call. The only direct evidence came from Gordon Sondland, who spoke to the President of the United States, and the President said, I want nothing. No quid pro quo. It just ended right there. Nobody raised their hand. It was crickets. What else needs to be said? And then and then how do you explain, Congressman Gates, Nancy Pelosi say, oh, that's it. Now I've told them to prepare articles of impeachment. I think that Nancy Pelosi's decision today to triple down on impeachment as a universal electoral and governing strategy was a direct consequence of the failure that Democrats have had over the last three weeks. Because Democrats have been descending in altitude when it comes to public opinion support for an impeachment, they keep trying to have to do new and creative things to try to inject uh, some other element into what is otherwise a failing effort. And so two big newsworthy things happen today. One, Nancy Pelosi indicates that she is, in fact, directing these chairmen to draft articles of impeachment, despite the lack of evidence, despite the lack of legal underpinning. And then second, a hearing has been scheduled for Monday for the investigators to come in and give testimony before the Judiciary Committee. But this is a key point, Sean. They're not sending Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is not going to stand behind his own report, behind his own work product, and answer questions from Jim Jordan, John Radcliffe, Debbie Lesko, myself, and many others on the Judiciary Committee. Now, how cowardly is that? You want to sit there and go on MSDNC and the fake news CNN and trash the president. Won't go on your show, of course, but then doesn't have the guts to stand behind his own work product in the House Judiciary Committee. And I think that is shameful. If you really believe that that these things happened and that you've got evidence to support impeachment, then at least have the stones to get there yourself and to make the case. Did you see the exchange earlier today with Pelosi and I think who was maybe James Rosen of Sinclair TV? Right. Yes. Do you hate the president, Madam Speaker? Pelosi, stop. I don't hate anybody. I was raised in a Catholic house. We don't hate anybody. Nobody in the world. So don't accuse me of that. I didn't accuse you. And he didn't. He asked her. And he told Pelosi, he was quoting remarks of Doug Collins, who said it during the hearings. And I agree with Collins and I stand by him. And I think the president is a coward. Let me ask you this, because I think this is this this gets to the part that I don't think anybody can put any rational, intellectually honest rationale behind. We saw Joe Biden absolutely lose it today in this town hall. When he was confronted over Ukraine and the quid and the pro and the quo that actually happened, you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. That's that's paying, you know, that's being that's investigating my son who's being paid millions and millions of dollars for zero experience. He loses it. How do the Democrats, when there's zero evidence of any quid pro quo, you pointed this out yesterday. You went through the list of people that testified. I want to do it again. And how do they justify ignoring the Bidens, because I'm having a hard time understanding the mental processes, the compartmentalization skills necessary to defy 
such blatant hypocrisy? The Democrats have set up a system allowing them to cheat on what evidence is admissible, and that is really, really unfair uh, to the defense that we are presenting in this specific way regarding the Bidens. If Hunter Biden is a crook, if Burisma is a corrupt entity, then one could never impeach the president of the United States for asking reasonable questions about those entities. Now, if everything was on the up and up, if no question was reasonable, if this was just a way to try to smear a potential opponent, then I think Democrats might have a reasonable argument. And so what they're trying to do is limit our access to the proof that Burisma was dirty and that Hunter Biden was dirty. The best evidence we have in the record actually came from one of Adam Schiff's hand-selected witnesses, George Kent. George Kent said the State Department was so concerned about corrupt Burisma that we wouldn't even allow our embassy to engage in a public-private partnership where Burisma was tangentially involved. We also have the evidence from the Obama administration, where during the preparation of ambassadors for Senate confirmation, they had to have special sessions and special prep to how to deal with the fact that the son of the vice president of the United States was off working for this corrupt foreign energy company. And so I think that if we can prove how corrupt the Bidens were, it totally vindicates the president. And that's why the Democrats are doing so much to protect Joe Biden. I don't think they're protecting him because they think he's ultimately going to win the Democratic nomination. Hey, right? listen, I just don't think he's radical enough. He, he yelled at this guy today in one in somebody I saw this on Twitter in one event, he called a voter fat and Jack said he was vice president in 1976. And he told voters in Iowa that they were all in Ohio. That's how bad this guy is. That's how messed up this guy is. Anyway, Matt Gates, you uh, I'm, I got to tell you, I thought you this was a moment for you. And if you'd only listen to my career advice once in a while, you What's might get somewhere. Advice, Sean, I'm, I'm eager. For, I always listen to your advice. No, you want me to bring this public because I'll bring it public. No, I will. I, you know what? No, maybe, no, maybe of course not. You don't want a smart man. You don't very smart man. <laughs> Let me tell you, you you know, the thing is, is I'm like being nice to you. And it's like a little down. inside joke. So be back down by the Harvard law professor, Sean. But you scared uh, me with that. Exactly. All right. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, by the way, there's nothing bad here. It's an inside joke. All right. As we continue, uh, one of the rock stars yesterday, Matt Gates, Congressman Florida. Have you ever thought about running for the U.S. Senate? I have not thought about running for the U.S. Senate. I think Senate, you need Sean, to start I'm... thinking about running for the U.S. Senate at some point. If, uh, if, like, I don't, I don't know if Marco Rubio wants to continue. Would you consider Marco's running for the Senate I, if he decides not to run? I know I, you like Marco. I love Marco. I would never run against Marco. But, yeah, if, if a U.S. Senate seat came open, I'm sure there'd be folks who'd uh, want to talk to no, me. I know you're friends with them. Right I'm just now, asking. I'm, right now, I'm, I, I've got the greatest district, Sean. You've gone there with me. You've seen the no, great I, people I, I, you do. in Northwest Florida. Who, who, uh, who could aspire to anything greater than the job I have? It's, uh, I will it's say this. Honor. You know, your district in the panhandle is so imp- pivotal and important for Florida because every election year, the, the panhandle has an extra hour to vote. That hour, I re- every single election year, it's like, what's the turnout in the panhandle? What's the turnout in southwest Florida? Because that's where Florida's won and the I-4 corridor. Honestly, that's well, so we're pivotal. Have you back because what people don't understand. I'll do a town hall. I'll do a town hall with you. We, we got to do it. They, people don't know how funny you are. You know, they see you on TV. You're always breaking news and doing analysis. But when you actually are uh, able to get you out of the You did not see country, what I did to poor Congressman Collins with you the other night? I thought it was funny. You, 
It was very funny. You have a great sense of humor. And people also don't know how many impressions you do. I do. Which one do you want me to do? Pick one. Uh, Your Bill Clinton is my favorite. I want to say to all the hot chicks in in Matt Gaetz's district, I'm going to be coming down. I'll give you a tour of the the hotel. Well, well, I'll just tell you, nobody will know about it. It's going to be me and you. (laughs) So great. Yeah, wait till I get you. All right. Matt Gates, we love you. 800-941-SEAN to the phones when we get back. Sleepy, creepy, crazy Joe 30330 loses it today. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. That's your son over there. He had a job and worked for a gas company that he had no experience with gas or nothing. You're selling access to the president just like he was. So you got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. I see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't. I get up and 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 no. Let's do push-ups, man. We can do push-ups. A voter asking a legitimate question. It is more legitimate than any of those witch hunt nonsense, you know, conspiracy theories, this impeachment coup attempt with Trump Ukraine. You've got it all with Joe and Hunter. It's all there. What? So we do you you fat shame the guy? Really? I mean, is this how low um, we're getting? You know what I mean? It's go back. Let's go back to the original question of this guy. That's your son over there. He had a job and worked for a gas company, but he had no experience with gas or nothing. You're selling access to the president just like he was. So you're a damn liar, man. You're a damn liar, man. Then the guy stays on it. I give this guy so much credit. By the way, these are the people, we, the people, the voters. Guy doesn't like Trump either, just to make a point here. He's asking, but, you know, whoa, 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 what about this? Because you're on tape bragging. You're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire a prosecutor that he was told is investigating his son. Zero experience hunter getting paid millions and millions. The media can say and Joe can say and MSDNC, as this even points out, they don't even cover it. And Joe knows he's covered by D- MSDNC. That's how sick that is. And but they can't run and hide from words people can hear. We hear him. You're not getting the billion. You got six hours unless you fire the prosecutor. We know is investigating my son. Why is his son? He's on GMA. Hunter, do you have any experience? I uh, was on the board of Amtrak. Uh, OK, do you have any experience in oil, gas or Ukraine? No, no, uh-oh, no, none. Why do you think you got the job? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, do you think maybe because your last name's Biden? Yeah, probably. That's the one. I never thought of it before. Play it again. Play this next exchange. That's your son over there. He had a job and worked for a gas company, but he had no experience with gas or nothing. You're selling access to the president just like he was. So you got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. I see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't, I get up and, and, and no, let him go. And you want to check my shape on, let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Nothing says, I guess, no malarkey, you know, than just lying about what we hear, you know, and then insult the guy's weight. I mean, wow. Unbelievable. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Now, we have a lot of other issues we're getting to today. 
In our news roundup and uh, information overload hour, number one, Washington Post, Horowitz has confirmed that the Steele dossier was unreliable. Uh, It's worse than unreliable because Steele himself has no idea if any of it's true. That means it's unverifiable. And it also means that the multiple warnings they were given, one by Kathleen Kavlak, one by, we know, Bruce Orr. Don't trust it. It's not verified. Steele has an agenda. It's anti-Trump and Hillary paid for it. So I know we're getting a lot of leaks. I've been warned by people that know. The only one that's really seen it all is Bill Barr. And there's a lot of posturing going on. So we need to get to the, the bottom of all of that. Um, our friend John Solomon, who was he's broken a lot of the stories regarding FISA. And, you know, I think one of the big ones is, is this premeditated fraud on the FISA court? Will this report address whether Christopher Steele not only handed over a document that they used in their application, but whether he lied to the FBI? And was the FBI also warned by Great Britain not to trust Steele? Because then it's even more premeditated fraud. In other words, and does Horowitz try and say it in a nice way or not a nice way? Now, if you go back to the previous reports by Horowitz, well, he's the guy that revealed the the struck page text. That was pretty powerful. And everybody seems to forget that he did make referrals as it relates to McCabe and Comey, as it relates to very important issues. They lied. Lack of candor. Now, he can't do anything as inspector general, but nothing's happened yet. Everyone's wondering if there's going to be referrals. Um, I, I would bet every dollar I had is going to be referrals because there were in the last couple of reports that he put out. Now, the question is, what's the difference? The difference is, well, we've got a criminal investigation and we got the comments of the attorney general that are devastating. Anyway, John uh, Solomon has his top 10 things to look for that he believes will be in this report. How are you? I'm doing well, Sean. You did a good job of really encapsulating the moment we're about to experience on Monday. It's a it's a big moment. And, I am told uh, that have just don't believe anything you're reading yet. Yeah. And that this is going to be in depend. It doesn't matter how it's written. It's still the conclusion's the same. Premeditated fraud on a FISA court. Yeah, if you look at the journalism of the last two weeks, there's an old fashioned tactic that PR people use, which is to find one tiny little nugget or straw man that you put at the top of the story, and then you bury all the bad news below it. And that's what really was going on. The beginning of the post story had a straw man. No one's ever suggested that uh, Mifsud was working for the United States. It's always his lawyer has suggested he might have been working for Western intelligence or private people, but not the United States. Uh, so they, they knocked that straw man down. And then, oh, by the way, down the bottom, they mentioned all the things that you and I've been talking about for the last year, two years, all confirmed. The dossier is bad. Steele's credibility was challenged early. Remember, we talked about this a year ago, um, Sean. We said that the FBI interviewed one of his sources very early on and came to conclude they didn't trust Steele's reporting anymore. That's confirmed in that Washington Post story, which means it's most likely going to be in that uh, uh, IG report next week. So a lot of the things that you and I have talked about for the last two years are going to be exposed for all the world to see. You know, one of the things that they can't deny either. Now, I know that we have McCabe is now running away from what he's been quoted extensively as having said is that there is no FISA warrant without the dossier. In other words, that they wouldn't have gotten it. That means that people purposefully, consciously premeditated their fraud against the court. Mr. McCabe, if you would, um, would you be able to just say with specificity what the FBI verified in the Steele dossier before using it in FISA applications? I've heard generally, you know, 
I've heard generalities, but specifically what was verified in the dossier before it was used, and also uh, if there's an explanation for why in the FISA applications the FBI didn't just say, you know, directly or indirectly um, that Steele, Christopher Steele was being paid uh, by the Clinton campaign. Um, there are a lot of caveats, and there's a lengthy yeah. footnote in there, um, but I was just w wondering if you'd be able to answer those two questions. Sure. So the answer to your first question is no. Uh, I will not go into specificity about what the FBI verified prior to the FISA or after. And the answer to your second question is I will wait, as I'm sure you will, eagerly to see what uh, Mr. Horowitz's conclusions are in that report. That's a matter that he is, uh, I assume, at the center of his investigation, and I am anxious to see what his thoughts on it are. Um, as you've mentioned, there was um, an extensive and detailed explanation inserted by the Department of Justice into that FISA package uh, that everyone involved believed accurately, uh, well, I should speak for everyone else, I'll speak for myself, I believed accurately reflected what we knew about Mr. Steele. So we're anxious to hear uh, what the IG thinks about that, and uh, we probably won't have to wait too much longer. Uh, wow. What do you think about his prediction? Uh, I, it doesn't match my reporting and what I'm hearing. But again, I think that there is some good advice. We're just three or four days away. We're going to know everything on Monday, and then we'll be able to dissect what the FBI got right and wrong in this investigation. But we know a lot of things already, right? We know about the spreadsheet. We know about these uh, sources being uh, interviewed and, and waving the FBI off of some of the information in the dossier. We know a senior FBI intelligence officer said they had just begun validating the report when they had already submitted the FISA. So it can't be validated they had just begun the process when they were using it in the FISA. We know they didn't mention Hillary Clinton's campaign. They used that sort of coy footnote to suggest maybe his employer had a motive. But but they but they them, but, but slow down. But they knew Hillary them. paid for it. They knew yeah, they, they knew. had to have. Do, the, do we know for sure that the British warned the FBI don't trust Steele? So what I've been told, I've interviewed a couple of uh, sources in Congress who were present for a meeting recently, where that. Uh, statement was made in an unclassified setting. Now, people seem to have known it before then, but in an unclassified setting, they were told that in 2015, the British passed some warning to the United States that they had concerns about Steele's subsourcing, the, 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 the large use of subsources that he had in his reports. Let's wait and see if that comes out in the report. But I have two people that were present for that uh, claim that have said that that was stated to them in a non-classified setting for the first time. I suspect that's going to come out in the report on Monday. And as we continue, John Solomon, investigative reporter, Fox News contributor with us. Now, the, one thing, I want to go back to this issue of previous referrals that were made by Inspector General Horowitz. For example, yeah. Comey's lack of candor, the lying of McCabe, uh, Lisa Page, I believe. And do you remember others? Because my brain is fried trying to keep well, all this straight. One of the most straight. important ones only came yeah. out a month ago. Uh, right. and, it came and, out and nothing and nothing happened. And right. and the point is, what is the difference this time? OK, it'll be another report, more referrals. Uh, we'll get facts. He really is not going to make the conclusions about, OK, this is because it's not his role. Uh, this person violated this law, et cetera, et cetera. But the right. difference this time is we've heard the words of the attorney general. And we know John Durham is now has a full fledged criminal investigation. And unlike Horowitz, he has the ability to 
the ability to convene a grand jury. He has the ability to indict. That's right. He has the ability to charge. He has the ability. There's real teeth behind what he's going to do. That's right. And remember that Congress has some skin in this game and may have evidence that they will refer to the Justice Department after this report came out. Remember, Lindsey Graham has said, I'm waiting for this report so I don't get in the way of the investigation. But we're going to start down our own path once Michael Horowitz publishes. On Monday, it publishes. Wednesday, Lindsey Graham has his first hearing. Congress has the ability to highlight and to make referrals as well. There are lots of referrals pending. There's a referral of Glenn Simpson uh, for uh, whether he lied under oath. There's a referral of. Um, Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie Orr. There are the referral of Andrew McCabe from the IG. And I, I want to point out something. Just a month ago, just last month, Horowitz put out another damning report that really has significance to what we're going to learn on Monday. He did a more broad look at how does the FBI vet its human sources like Christopher Steele. And he said, it's a mess. And the most important thing he highlighted was a culture inside the FBI that if they found out something derogatory about one of the sources, their analysts were told, keep it out of their validation report. Don't tell the courts. We don't want people to know we have problems with our sources. That sort of culture creates the sort of scenario where we end up with a Christopher Steele who's being paid by Hillary Clinton, but we don't say it in the FISA warrant, who might have had warnings from the Brits we don't mention in the FISA report. That that culture and that very damning report that Horowitz just uh, wrote a few weeks ago, I think really lays a pretext for what we're going to learn on Monday about Christopher Steele. Well, I, I you know, I go back and I, I'm going to be honest, John, I'm looking and I really dug this up and I looked over the previous Horowitz reports. Right. And, you know, the findings, for example, in November 2019, which is what you're talking about, numerous issues related to the FBI's validation process for secret sources. That's a problem. Right. Ineffective management, oversight, confidential sources resulting in jeopardizing FBI operations, putting agents, sources, subjects in in harm's way. That That's a yeah. big deal. You know, that then on the Comey memo. Yeah. He declined to prosecute. Uh, he referred Comey. The DOJ didn't prosecute. Right. On the issue of lack of candor. Right. So right. Right. and then we go back. He found that the FBI engaged in misconduct, disclosing, you know, information to the media that had right. been filed under seal, providing without authorization law enforcement and the FBI sensitive information given it to reporters, uh, dozens right. of officials contacts with the media. Again, they lied about that, too. They provided the report for the FBI for appropriate action. Then, you know, their actions towards Trump, you know, the handling of the email uh, server, for example, senior officials, right. willingness to take official action to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. That's in there. Five employees literally referred for investigation on whether their messages violated the FBI code. Five employees referred, including Page and Strzok. No criminal referral ends up happening. But this the difference, I guess, now is, you know, Durham. First, listen, I think you're on to something here, and I, you and I have talked about this many times. There's the Department of Justice, which prosecutes Republicans and everyday people, and there sometimes appears to be the Department of Just Us, meaning they protect their own more than they would protect an average citizen. And that dual system of justice frustrates everyday people when you talk to them out in America. I think John Durham is the judgment point. We are going to find out if the Bill Barr Justice Department has the teeth to hold people accountable and to prosecute people for crimes that every day other Americans would have gotten prosecuted for. It's really hard to imagine that 
Mike, uh, Michael Flynn gets convicted for lying. That's such a good a, point. A, and Andrew McCabe isn't. And by the way, Manafort and Cohn. John Solomon uh, will have you on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, and Monday is the big day. Can't wait. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. No doubt about it. All right, 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. Quick break. Right back. We will continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to a lot of your calls here. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. It, it is... This is it. This is the viral moment right now so far of the 2020 campaign. This is in Iowa. Sleepy, creepy, crazy. Uncle Joe 30330 is finest moment. When you have a voter, when you have we the people asking legitimate questions. Now, remember, he's just, oh, no, 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 no. No credible person even says it here. Whatever has ever said anything bad about me, my son, and and the quid and the pro and the quo. It defies all intellectual honesty, common sense, reason. I I call it what it is, a bifurcated brain. It's a compartmentalization of your, your mind that you're looking for a quid pro and quo with Trump, and there is none. No evidence at all. Just the opposite. You got exculpatory evidence. When you take away the fact witnesses here who say witnesses, what are you left with? You're left with, I want nothing, no quid, no pro or quo. And they did nothing and they still got the money. There's nothing there. But with Joe, you got it. And this voter in Iowa calls him out and stands stands his ground. And you want to do push-ups? And, and literally, Joe Biden loses it. And then even fat shames the guy. Which, oh, I thought liberals were against such treatment of people. Uh, apparently not. Listen. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their foreign aid for, for them to come up, saying he's going to investigate you. We don't know what that means. He's a throwback when we do that. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there. In the job and work for a gas company that you had no experience in the past or nothing. In order to get access to the public, to the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he does. So you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one you has heard that. I no? see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I, I'm not sedentary. I don't I get up and, and let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take another piece of Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't once. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Yes, Get I your did. word straight, Jack. That's what I hear on the on MSNBC. You don't hear that on MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get in an argument with you, man. Well, I don't want to Well, yeah, you do. But, uh, <laughs> but look, fat, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It, it, looks, it looks like you, you don't have any more backbone. Any other questions? 
Any other questions? We're not going to argue with you, man. Hey, man, you want to do some push-ups? Do some push-ups. Uh, okay, I'll take you up on the deal, Joe. I, I can out-push-up you. I promise you. Uh, I train like a crazy person every day. I will tell you, 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 you don't treat people this way. And some people say, well, Hannity, Trump, he hits people hard, too. Trump doesn't hit the pe- we the people hard. He hits the swamp hard. He hits our, you know, people that need to pay more hard, like our NATO allies. He hits Mueller hard. He hits, you know, the witch hunt hard. He hits the Democrats hard. He hits the media hard. He doesn't hit the people hard. You know, well, what did he say on the tape? And I, okay, locker room talk a lot different than in a guy's face. And what's so spectacular here, no one has ever said anything, anything at all. That, you know, well, you said, you know, set up my son. Okay, the guy got that little piece wrong. This is not what the average person does every day. His sentiment is on. This guy saw Joe bragging, saw you're not getting a billion. He saw it with his own eyes. Unless you fire the prosecutor. You know, you're not getting the billion. You don't believe, call Obama. Call Obama. You're not getting the billion. You know, you got six hours. And then we have Hunter's interview. You know, you have any experience? No, none whatsoever. Why do you think they hired you? I don't know. Maybe because your dad's last name? Yeah, probably. And then we know that Burisma went to the State Department afterwards. Oh, Hunter Biden's on the board. It is a slam dunk case. But Joe can say with a straight face, you don't hear this on MSNBC. By the way, that's true. That's all you need to know because they are his propaganda arm. They're every Democrat's propaganda arm. State run DNC television, period. I will tell you, it is remarkable. These events are unprecedented. And you wonder why, Linda, do you feel, am I a little justified now in me staying on this, hammering this point home? And you're like, oh, stop with the quid and the bro and the quo, Joe. And you've been giving me such a hard time. Well, you know, the problem, Sean, is that I just feel that people's words are best heard in their own voice. So as lovely as your voice is, no, 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 no problem. No, we with played your voice. it a lot. We need to play it over and over again for people to hear. We played it a lot today. But well, he, you say it a lot. So instead of you saying it a lot, we'll no, have Biden say it anymore. a lot. All right. So let me ask you this. I think this is this is now going to be a panic moment. The, the only reason Pelosi came in with her. Oh, all right. We're ready now because they don't have anything else. There's no witness for them to go to. It's that bad for them. Anyway, did you hear about the... I uh, want to know what Pelosi was thinking saying she's a Catholic. I'm like, you're a Catholic. You're a Catholic? You're a Catholic? You're in the Democratic Party that is pro-Planned Parenthood that takes taxpayer dollars and gives them to other organizations? It's it's bifur... I'm I'm labeling it now. Bifurcated brain syndrome. I want to know where this word came from. This is a big word in our... our, Compartmentalization uh, brain syndrome. Crazy, man. Did you hear about the $12 million mansion that the Obamas got in Martha's Vineyard? I did indeed. Well, pretty cool. Oh, I want to. So anyway, there's a headline on Mediaite yesterday about me and Stern. Hannity suggests Howard Stern sold his soul. No, I didn't. That's not what I was really saying. He's interviewing Hillary and I'm watching this thing. And by the way, only Howard could ever get Hillary to bring up the the idea of her sexuality issues. I don't even want to bring it up. And by the way, never would bring it up. And but only uh, all kudos to Howard, because it was like a hell of an exchange. But he asked at one point, did Lindsey Graham sell his soul? 
And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, what has happened? Because you and I both grew up listening to Howard Stern. Everybody in that room. Now, I understand there's actually a parallel between Stern and Trump. There are some people in the country that don't get Howard Stern. It's a very New York thing, although it's obviously national. And Howard always had this disability to do anything he wants on the radio. He had his years of you know, dealing with crazy program directors and boycotts and all the other nonsense. But the reality is he can do stuff that and I frankly think everybody should have such freedom, but we don't. And maybe we're just not as courageous or, you know, but I, I kind of feel there's a double standard. If a conservative says something over any line, we're, we're all going to get fired and boycotted and run out of town. So I do believe that's true. And Mar, I always defend Mar and I hate Mar. I don't I like Stern. And all I said was, are you kidding me? The old Howard Stern I knew would never support an establishment figure like the corrupt Hillary Clinton. Okay, so here's my devil's advocate. Go ahead. Howard Stern is all about making news. He's going to do the thing that everybody else isn't going to do, right? So Howard is known to be socially liberal, fiscally conservative, right? But at the end of the day, nobody really knows where he stands on politics because his show is about politics on the surface, you know, and then he gets into all the silly stuff. You know, back in the day when he started out and he was doing his show here in New York and, you know, literally breaking every barrier there was and he didn't care, you know, and I think that what he's doing is he's getting a little bit of that back. I think when he was on AGT, it slowed him down a little bit because, you know, you got those TV people that are saying you can't say this and you can't say that. You know what? Maybe maybe I didn't look at it that way. I will tell you this. There is no better interviewer than this guy. I've never. It's remarkable. His talent is remarkable and people. I don't agree maybe, with that. No, I'm telling you. He I don't think a, he's that great of an interviewer. I think he's a good he's talker. He, no, he can bring out of people stuff they never plan on saying and in, in going into that show, going into that environment. He does it every time. It's, it's actually a gift, I think. You know, I only get to really hear him over Christmas and they play the best interviews of the year on like a loop. And it's actually well done. And all I was really saying is the old Howard would have supported the iconoclast, the fighter. The the outspoken disruptor, Donald Trump. I'm having a hard time understanding why he didn't support him in the campaign. But I don't he was think one of his favorite guests. I don't think he he's supporting or not supporting Trump. Do you know what I'm saying? But I would think I would think he'd look at Trump as a mirror image in the sense of him. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Let it all hang out to hell with what people think. There's no such thing as uh, a boundary. Which is, I think the country has grown accustomed to Trump's style. And frankly, though, everyone in the country has grown accustomed to Howard being Howard. And I, I, I like, for example, I do give him credit because they wanted the tapes and he wouldn't give the tapes. Good for him. But I'm listening to this with Hillary. I'm like, I want to I'm like, oh, Howard, come back. Come back. Where are you? What are you doing now? It was a great interview because in the sense that she's not she's saying things nobody else ever got her to say. He did it again. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Right. But the thing is about Howard is that he listen, he's a pro. No question about it. But I do believe a big part of what he is doing is by interviewing her is just getting some publicity. You know, he doesn't want to be seen as just the America's Got Talent guy anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? He was great on that show. He was. But. It also required him to tone down who he really is. I never felt he did. I oh, felt forget he, about no, it. Are the you problem serious? Is, the Mainstream problem is TV? on that show, he his heart came through. And like there'd be somebody and he I saw him once walk up and give somebody a hug, you know, and I'm like, you, you know, th- that the reason, he, like, for example, there are other shock jocks. And I think where they missed the mark 
is that when they talk about women, it can be degrading. And I can name names, but I'm not going to. But I don't think that's the case with him at all. I think with him, he worships women. Absolutely, you know, loves them. And I think that's been the part of the secret sauce for that style of radio. And by the way, why didn't he come on the show when his book come out? He, because he was going everywhere else. Why didn't he come I'll on I'll be perfectly show? honest with they you. We, no. we didn't reach out to him and he didn't reach out to us. I'm sure if I reach out to Don his agent, that we can make it work. It's not, I, I probably shouldn't have said this stuff about the Hamptons, but because I don't think he's changed. I really don't. I, I think I disagree with you. I think when you become a father, I think he had three daughters and he, well, once like, he had them, you know, he always loved his wife. He was faithful to his wife. He talked about that. But I think that, you know, once he had his kids and, and I think as a mother myself, for you as a parent, you know, it changes you. It just does. No, but I, you know what? It's like me. I don't want to argue with liberals all the time anymore. I used to do that for years with Alan. I, I'm, it's like you. I'm now 57 years old for crying out loud. Do you think I want to argue with a dumb liberal? I don't. Well, I, I mean, you could always just do push-ups with Joe Biden. <laughs> now that I would watch. <laughs> that no, would be I, a very funny show. But but I think the old. All I was really saying is, wow. I think the old Howard would have embraced Trump's iconoclast style, iconoclastic style. He would have embraced. The disruptor. Remember, he was going to run for governor and they wanted his tax returns. He told him to shove it. He's not doing that. It's nobody's business. And he's right. It really isn't. I don't think that Howard does not embrace him. I just think that he's really? kind of like, mm -mm. I think he's just like, you know what? Uh, you know, there's a ton of interviews with Donald Trump. There's not that many interviews with Hillary Clinton. She's been, you know, hiding God knows why or where. And, you know, she comes out of the, you know, well, the then why does he hate Lindsey Graham? Why does he say oh, Lindsey Graham sold his soul? I'm like, what do you mean he sold his why soul? Why not? It's going to tick everybody off. He's all about the ticks. He's all about getting the media. He's all he's he's very smart when it's it comes like, to manipulating uh, the media. The only thing that I didn't understand is when I was fighting Kimmel and he's best buddies, I guess, with Kimmel, which is fine with me. I don't care. He said, well, Hannity probably wants to be on ABC. I'm like, no, I don't. I have. Probably three times the viewers of that failing show of Kimmel. And I'm like, how does he not know that? Kim, well, what he's do we a have very last sad man. 3.6 million a night average. Kimmel is like one seven. That's it. That's his entire audience. Now, maybe he has more 18 to 49 year olds. I got more eyeballs. I take the eyeballs over the specific demographic. We beat him 18 to 34, you know, women. I go, oh, OK, you win. And that's what people do all the time. Anyway, maybe, you know, you may be right. I don't know. Because I usually when I listen. He's sharp on his interviews are amazing. I really. All right. I got a break. Is that what you're telling me? Wish I had his clock. I mean, goes for an hour and a half. Doesn't have to take a break ever. Listen, by all means, you want to start doing that? Let me know. Yeah. All right. Load it up tonight. We've got so much on quid and pro and quo and Joe uh, losing it today. I mean, we've got the best tape. You're going to love tonight's show. Uh, we do have Kevin McCarthy, Andy Biggs, Mike Turner, also Dan and Geraldo Dambangino, John Solomon, and much, much more. We get so much going on tonight uh, as the Democrats literally go over the cliff into the abyss. Nine Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. No, we're not the mob in the media. See you tonight at nine. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.